This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. White flag, final lap, Bush, light, clash. Who's going to victory lane? Will it be Logano or will it be Kyle Bush? One final time through three, off four, checkered flag is out, and Joey Logano has done it, scoring the win. They're crashing right in front of them. Logano has scored the win in the Bush, light, clash at the Coliseum. Oh, man, it's just badass. I don't even know what to say. It's, uh, it's just so cool uh, being down here, just being down here on the racetrack and seeing all the fans around you. Uh, it's so electric here. And uh, to be able to do some donuts with our Shell Penzo Mustang and the first race of the next gen, first one out here. Oh, man, it means so much. It's so special. And, uh, man, what a just a crazy, uh, crazy race. Kept ourselves towards the front. And, oh, man, it's uh, awesome. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you. On the heels of the 2022 NASCAR racing season. And to commemorate and celebrate, we're going to sit down with your 2022 NASCAR Cup Series championship winning driver and crew chief. We're going to visit with Joey Logano on the heels of his second cup title. We'll also visit with crew chief Paul Wolf on the second of his cup titles. Plus, we're also going to visit with your NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion, Zane Smith. Zane will stop by. Plus, we've got a whole lot more for you. But to get us started, as he always does, is Kyle Ricky here with the latest in NASCAR news. Kyle? Mike, after months of speculation, Joe Gibbs Racing has named Kyle Busch's replacement for the 2023 season and beyond. 2022 Xfinity Series champion Ty Gibbs will make the move up to drive full-time in the Cup Series in the newly numbered 54 car. Gibbs Xfinity Series crew chief Chris Gale will make the move to Cup with him and sit atop the pit box. JGR will not field an 18 car in 2023, but has plans to use the number in future seasons. There was also more crew chief news with silly season implications this past week. Veteran Cup Series crew chief Brian Patty will make the move to Kyle Busch Motorsports in the Truck Series for next season. Patty will lead the number 51 team for KBM next season, with the truck being split between Bush, Jack Wood, and others. 
Patty spent over a decade in the Cup Series as crew chief for Clint Boyer, and most recently, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. To account for Patty's move, JTG Doherty Racing has named Mike Kelly as the new crew chief for their number 47 car. Kelly and Stenhouse have plenty of history, as he was atop the pit box for Stenhouse's back-to-back Xfinity Series championships for Roush Fenway Racing in 2011 and 2012. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Joey Logano, your 2022 NASCAR Cup Series champion. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! greater things this year. Everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. He started on the pole, dominated the opening stage, dominated the second stage. He has not been the dominant car in the third, but he's there when it matters. Joey Logano to the back straightaway. Here he comes, final time off the end of the back straightaway. Joey Logano is about to become a NASCAR Cup Series champion. For the second time in his career, up off turn number four, checkered flag in the air. Joey Logano wins the NASCAR Cup Series season finale race. And Joey Logano is the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series champion. Now, back to Mike Bagley. That's how it sounded a week ago Sunday at the Phoenix Raceway in Avondale, Arizona. Joey Logano winning the championship race and becoming the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series champion in the process. The champ is here. Joey Logano, welcome back to NASCAR Live. How are we doing? I'm doing great. How's the bag man? Oh, Bagman's doing great. Not as good as you, though. I'm curious. We're going to jump around in this interview. So since the time we left you at Phoenix a week ago Sunday, there's been a lot of celebrating, and there's been a lot of stuff that's happened. What was the first thing when you got back to the coach that night or you got back to wherever it was when all of the dust had settled? What was that like, and what did that start? What has your life been like since you got that big trophy, your second trophy to add to the case? Well, it's kind of funny, actually. So... You know, you do, you know, you win the race, it's great. That's like the highlight. If I'm being honest, the highlight is when you first get out of the car, the first 20 minutes, there's nothing like it. That is the best 20 minutes you can ask for because everybody's so excited. Everyone's celebrating together. It's awesome. Uh, and then you start doing the media and it's okay. It's, it's fun and it's good, but you're, you're three and a half hours into it before you're done. Maybe four hours by the time you get out of there. Uh, and then the guys all had a, they had a restaurant, they rented out and went over and said hello to them for a while. Uh, and it was about two o'clock by the time I got back to the bus and put it up on the truck for the night. And, um, it was five 30 the next morning, uh, Hudson woke up and he was ready to rock and roll. Uh, so I woke up with him and, and hung out cause I knew I wasn't gonna get to see him much all week. So I hung out with him in the morning. I dropped off my wife and Hudson at the airport. I went back to the bus because I didn't leave till like noon. Uh, and they left at nine. And so I went back to the bus. I took a shower and I was just by myself. It was kind of funny. And I left the racetrack. It's, you know, 1130 and nobody's there. I'm by myself. I'm like, well, that's it. I guess I'll drive out of here. <laughs> that's it. And we went to LA. 
uh, did a media tour out there for a while and a um, couple days there and uh, finally came home. So did you get a list? Like, does a champion get a list of like media hits? Motor Racing Network, obviously one of them, but you know, Fox, NBC, New York Times. Do you get a list of people that you talked to on that day? And how long was that list? I just do what they tell me to do. It's pretty much what it came down to. I was like, where am I going? What am I doing? Like, you don't know, right? Like, you get done with the race and you're all excited. And like, what happens now? Like, where am I going tomorrow? Like, am I going to New York? Am I going to LA? When do I come home? You know, how many days do I pack for? (laughs) You know, what kind of clothes do I need? Do I need to, because it used to be like, shoot, remember like the old days, you'd have to have a suit with you. So I packed a suit with me when I left. It's a lot more casual these days. Like nobody wears suits anymore, it seems like. So I didn't have to have that, but I had it just in case. Um, but yeah, I did that. And it's just a list and you start knocking out the list. Um, go to different places and do what they say. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I hadn't stopped to think about that. So when you go to Phoenix as a championship four driver, considering media hits start on that Monday, you had to go prepared, I guess, if you're not coming home for a week or two. Did you... Did you go fully packed, expecting not to be home on Monday? I didn't expect to come home. I just didn't know exactly where I was going. <laughs> but I knew I wasn't coming home. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Let's reflect. Um, you obviously had a great Phoenix race when you needed it the most. Going into Sunday morning, obviously there were a lot of emotions around the morning with the news of Coy Gibbs and how that affected the Gibbs teams. And there was this, there was this cloud that hung over. But once that... Once we got down to business and you got in that race car, how long was it before you knew that you had a race winning car? Uh, probably knew the first 15 laps into the race uh, when I was out front and I kind of set it in cruise control and, you know, it's clicking off lap time to where we were, you know, especially firing off in the race. We were, you know, 10th and a half faster than the next closest car. I was like, oh, we're, we're pretty good. Um, and then the car, you know, our long haul wasn't quite as good. Our short run speed is where we were better. And so we fired off pretty quick, and then we'd fire off a little bit towards the end of a run. Um, so we kind of tried to tweak on that a little bit. But uh, really, once you get out there and, and it was like at the get-go, I was like, okay, we're on just don't screw it up mode here because we're, we're, we're in good shape, right? Just solid pit stops, keep track position, keep air on the nose. We're going to be just fine. Um, you know, and, and really only racing the, the other guys in the championship four, right? That's all you're racing against. So um, ended up being four other cars because the five was in the owner's championship. So you're racing those guys, um, right? And that's that's kind of the biggest moments. So you got shuffled back there in the pack a little bit, and it took you a little bit to get back up front. How different was the car when you got the shuffle backward there trying to regain that, that lost position? Well, that's one of the trickiest things about the next-gen car, if I'm being honest, is that it drives a certain way in clean air, and then when you get in dirty air, it's significantly tighter. Like the car just does not want to turn back in dirty air. And so you get yourself kind of in a, in a tough spot because if you don't adjust your car for the dirty air when you're in the dirty air, you never get out of the dirty air. But then when you adjust your car for the dirty air and you get back to the clean air, your car doesn't handle good anymore. So it's a real tricky spot to be right now. And that's why I said like, keep clean air, keep clean air, because we're tuning to it you got to make sure you have that because once you get in the back, then your car doesn't turn anymore. So that's kind of what happened. We lost a few spots um, and then got stuck back there. And it's like, I'm better than where I'm at. I just can't get there. And so I asked Paul the last run to, to free me up, which he did. 
and ultimately it got us the lead, right? We fired off pretty good, passed the 12, passed the 14, and then I got out front and I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm a little loose, like too, too much. So I couldn't just drive away like I was, was able to do earlier in the race. So once it started freeing up, I kind of had to go to defense a little bit towards the end of the race. When you call for that adjustment from Paul, Paul Wolf we're speaking of, championship winning crew chief, is the chemistry between the two of you to the point to where if you ask for something a certain way, you get exactly what you're asking for? Are you still trying to feel your way through some of those adjustments of how strong or how light he needs to go when he does something like that? We have a number system um, where he kind of knows. And, and then there's also just kind of how far off are we and then, you know, how I'm saying it, right? There's some of that too, but we have a, a number system one through five that, that says how bad it is and kind of what areas I need it. Um, you know, and he does a pretty good job at tuning the car in. Um, you know, over the years, we've gotten better at that, I feel like. And um, every driver is different, right? Some drivers need big changes to feel something. Some can feel a little bit. And if I'm being honest, it's different from track to track. There's some tracks you can change, you know, a couple tenths of air and you're like, wow, what'd you do? And then there's other tracks you can take three pounds of air out. And you're like, yeah, didn't feel a thing. You know, like it's just, it's, it's not the same and consistent every single week. It's just changes and it's different track to track. So uh, that notebook that we have together is, is getting better. But with the next gen car, we're still learning, right? Like it, it's not like I say, hey, I need turn, you know, right at this 40 foot spot in the corner and he's just gonna have a way to fix that, right? Like there's, it's not even really possible, especially during the race when you have wedge and air pressure, right? Like that's not enough to really tweak it that well. Well, it was enough on uh, one week ago Sunday to earn Joey and Paul the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series Championship. More coming up with the champ here on NASCAR Live. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to YouTube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We continue with your 2022 NASCAR Cup Series champion, Joey Logano led 187 laps of the season ending race. That was of the 312 that we, that we ran that day. When you look back on the year and you look back on your successes, four wins, including that Phoenix win, four poles, 11 top fives, 17 top 10. What are you outside of winning the title? What are you the most proud of what you accomplished this past season? Um, I'd say outside of the stats is the story. Right, the story of how we got to that point, and it's not the stats don't always just tell the story that clearly, right? Because you'd look at that and say, "Yeah, they got you know a good amount of wins, they you know the clash, there there were some real good highlights, but there was moments where of just pure lost, right? Like just not knowing where to go uh, with this next gen car all the way through, right? Whether it's the driver, uh, the team, the pit crew, right? There's plenty of moments where. The whole industry was just like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I never said I don't know so many times in my life than 2022. No clue. Because you, we just didn't. And you can study as much as you want, but you just didn't feel confident that you just knew. 
um, for the majority of the season, right? You, you started to feel a little bit more confident towards the later part of the year and as you learn things, but the feeling of uncertainty was just more than ever. Like just unsure of everything, right? Like everything. You just didn't know. Uh, with the lack of practice, the lack of being able to adjust things, the, the, the different strategies, the, the safety of the vehicle. Like there's so many things that we just didn't know. And we had to just keep figuring out as we went along. It's funny you bring that up because I'll go back to your first Darlington win back in the spring where you took the lead, couple laps to go, won your first race, right? Everyone's thinking, wow, here comes Joey Logano. Here comes Paul Wolf. Here comes that 22 car. Kansas the following week, we couldn't find you because someone else had stepped in and, you know, the car just wasn't the same the following weekend as it was the weekend before. And that created a lot of head scratching with us. And I only imagine that it created frustration with you guys because you have it one week and then you feel like you're bringing the the best thing to the racetrack and then it's not good enough. That had to be frustrating because it's happened all season long to punctuate the point that you just made. There was less consistency throughout the field than ever before. That's why we had 19 different winners, right? We had less consistency and speed where one time, you know, a team hit, think of the nine car, right? Probably the nine might be one of the best examples of this. He had probably the most consistent regular season. And then just things changed and like, you're up, you're down. You're like, it happened to all of us. It's just the timing of when it happens, right? Like, and we kind of had our our slower part of the season was towards the summer months, um, which, if I'm being honest, it's a trend that has happened for years with the 22 for for whatever reason. And then the playoffs come around, and it's boom, here we go, and we're ready to rep. But like, we usually come out of the gate strong, and then it goes a little bit of a lull, and then you're back at it, and so. I don't know what that is. I wish I had the answer to it because I want to be strong all the time, but at least we're peaking at the right times, which is very important as well. So, um, but yeah, I just seemed like more so this year than ever, right? And, and you think of the race as a strategy, right? It was new for the pit crew or for the crew chiefs to, to figure out. And that produced a few different winners. Um, you think about how early in the season, how many tire issues everyone was having, not knowing how hard they compress things. Um, Right. And, and the leader, how many times did the leader have a right retire go down or a left retire go down? <laughs> like a lot. Uh, so it, that produced a different winner and a different, another different winner. And next thing you know, you got 19 winners in the season. It's crazy. As we continue through this interview, I, I can't help but notice we're on the Zoom hotline and I'm looking over your shoulder. I see a Martinsville grandfather clock. I see your first cup trophy. I see a Pennzoil 400 Las Vegas win. I see the Monster Miles trophy from Dover, and I see a Daytona 500 winning trophy. Where will this one go? Where will this Cup Series championship winning trophy go when it makes its way back home? Well, um, I, honestly, I don't know where it is right now. If, if I have it, I know I don't have it, but I don't know where it is. Um, but the plan is to do the same thing we did in 2018, um, is, is try to, to uh, put a schedule together to let the whole team get it at one point for a week um we did that last the last time in 2018 it was so cool to get the pitchers back because they would take it with them on a trip they would take them you know they'd have a party at their house and and then you start seeing the things they did with it there there's chips in it there was there i mean there was they did it all at one point they had like little sterno fires in it and they were roasting marshmallows out of it like it was it was you name it they were doing it and i i love that part like okay did it come back with a few scratches on it yes but it came back with way more stories. And that's all I care about because think about this, like 
okay, I drive the car. I'm just a member of the team is the way I look at it, right? Like, okay, am I the face of the team? Yes, right? My name's on the car. I get it, but I can't do it on my own. No way, right? There's not one single person on the team that can do it on the round. We all need each other. So why do I get the trophy the whole time? That's kind of like, kind of BS. So I think the right way to do it is let everybody have the, the, the trophy for a week and do some cool things with it and and you know there'll be times that we'll have to use it for for media stuff and pictures and stuff like that but we'll put a schedule together and let everybody have it that's that's pretty awesome to hear uh, tying into that kind of um you mentioned 2018 that was your first title your second coming in 2022 but your life is totally different now you had just had hudson back if i recall at the beginning of the year so he wasn't even one year old yet you now have two more children, and you're four years older. How does this championship hit the same or differently from the one back in 18 on the personal level? Um, it's It does feel different, if I'm being honest. And I don't know if it's better or worse, but it's, it just seems a little different. Like, your first one is, I think, always going to be the biggest, right? Like Because you, you, you went from being a non-champion to a champion, right? Like... You're always going to be announced as a champion in the sport. Like, I feel like that, like, and doing it the first time, there was just, it was a little bit different. Now, like, you're you're adding the two next to it, which is awesome. Don't get me wrong. It's badass. Like, it's it's great. But, you know, it, and, and the moment of getting out of the car and all that was identical. But then you kind of know everything that's coming your way after that, and it kind of changes, it changes it some. Uh, and I think the other pieces, too, is that I'm, far more busy than I was the first time we won the championship like one kid to three kids oh, oh it's a different game right like it's just different so you don't I don't take the time now to re-watch race hub and re-watch you know the, the race and as much like I would want to right and kind of relive the moment it's like the next day still happens right like you don't win the championship and and hey, I'll see you after Christmas. Like, life still goes on, and there's a lot of stuff you have to do, and you can't just sit there and reflect. Like, you got to stay out the windshield, and you got to keep looking for the next thing, and and taking advantage of the opportunities of what the championship brings your way. You got to go, and so you, I've never really taken the time to reflect on really many wins, but especially this one so far. Well, we congratulate you. We congratulate Paul, Roger, the entire 22 team. We extend our best to the family. I'm sure that they're loving this as well. You're a great ambassador for the sport, championship or not, but you're a great championship ambassador that no doubt will lead us into 2023 and back to the Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum where it all started in 2022. We appreciate you joining us. Congratulations again. All right. Thank you very much. Can't wait to get back out there. That's Joey Logano, your 2022 NASCAR Cup Series champion. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. About two weeks ago at Phoenix, Paul Wolf became a two-time NASCAR Cup Series crew chiefing champion. Paul won his first series title back in 2012 with Brad Keselowski. Now, like his driver, he's a two-time champ. Paul joined Steve Post and Todd Gordon on a recent episode of Crew Call to reflect on the team's 2022 title. Celebration is on down here. The crew is losing their mind. Paul Wolf is just sitting here taking it all in. Now the crew members come up. Paul, 
What a day, what a run. Congratulations. Oh man, what a relief. What a relief. Uh, such a such a great way to end this season. Proud of all the guys on this team. You know, it's obviously a big learning year for everyone in this cup garage. And we started the season off with the, the win at the Coliseum. We finished it off at Phoenix with a championship. Can't be more excited and just happy for everyone at Team Penske and all the all the hard work. Paul, you and I chatted briefly on Sunday morning before the uh, before the race, and uh, we we talked a little bit about how the weekend had gone fairly well, flawlessly, and and, and how you guys had done it, and and then to be able to put that forward all through the race with a solid performance has to be a lot of satisfaction in just the detail and the way that that weekend played out for you guys. Yeah, I mean, you never know how it's gonna how it's gonna play out. I, you know, we had we had a couple extra weeks there to kind of prepare as we got that win in Vegas. Um, it definitely helped. You know, it's it's always hard to quantify, right? People ask you, what's it mean? How how, how much more prepared are you um, having those that extra time to just focus on Phoenix? And like I said, I don't know that I can quantify it, but I I felt good about what we had done here at the shop preparing um, as we headed to Phoenix. Um, but you still, you never know um, how it's all going to unfold, what kind of speed you're going to have um, to your competitors until you, until you hit the racetrack there. And, um, although uh, it seemed like a lot lot more practice than what we've had uh, this year um, with 50 minutes, it's still not a lot. Um, I feel like as a, as a company, as Team Penske as a whole, we really – really had a great plan going into the weekend and, and working really well with our teammates and, and trying to be as efficient as we can with those 50 minutes. Um, you know, fortunately, we all kind of had some speed off the truck, um, gave us a, an opportunity to really, you know, fine tune and try some things um, to to be a little bit better. Um, and it really worked well and, and leaned on um, our teammates. And, and gosh, we, we, had a great qualifying effort, got us that number one pit stall, um, and then was able to capitalize on the clean air getting started and, and really see what kind of speed we had on the long run. Um, it kind of got to a point where you're just like, let's just, let's not screw this up, right? Like <laughs> um, everything was going well. And, and uh, fortunately the, the race, there was a few moments in there um, you know, I guess probably when you look at the, the run there with the fuel mileage and, uh, you know, managing that um, and then probably, you know, the end of the race, um, waiting for that that untimely caution when you when you have a lead. Um, those were probably the the moments that I uh, was probably the most uh, stressed, I guess, during the race. But but really, it all played out pretty, pretty straightforward. You started every every first race of the rounds with really good finishes. A solid, a fourth-place finish at Darlington, a second-place finish at Texas, and then obviously winning at Vegas. Does that take the pressure off and let you do a little bit of, of, of searching deeper into the into the round as you go? Well, it definitely doesn't hurt. I mean, the win, that, that that's, you know, you can't describe what that, that is. I mean, that's that's a whole other level. The, the strong performance starting the, the other rounds, um, is key though, because um, it kind of lets you not be in panic mode, I guess, if you will, and just kind of keep executing without making mistakes. And I, that was kind of our approach, especially through the first two rounds of the playoffs. Um, 
with all the new of this car and you know potential issues and, and what what kind of how this year played out with with a lot of the unknowns um we felt like if you just executed and didn't have any um big mistakes you were going to be able to get through these first two rounds and that's kind of was kind of our approach um as we got you know deeper into it there and starting off in vegas um felt like obviously you're going to have to be have some strong performances to do that uh, and i think i talked to you guys since that but um home, the homestead test was kind of a, a, a turning point for us i feel like as a team of finding some speed and some direction on some things that I, that we we're able to to finish out strong in the season with and and i think that was also a, a a big moment for Joey and, and building confidence, you know, kind of in the, what the cars were going to have from a performance standpoint. Um, and, I, and I saw, saw he, you know, he it gave him the, the opportunity to go out there and do what he needed to do and, and have that confidence. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Todd. And thank you, Paul. Coming up, we're going to check in with Zane Smith, your 2022 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. Zane Smith finished runner-up in both 2020 and 2021 in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Twice the bridesmaid, but never the bride. Until two weeks ago at Phoenix, he followed up his regular season title with a series championship, winning the Lucas Oil 150 at Phoenix Raceway. Zane joined our Kim Kuhn to look back on his championship breakthrough. All right, Zane, it's been about, what, a week and a half since you took home the Truck Series Championship. So what have the last, like, 10 days or so been like? Uh, really just a lot of fun, just a lot of celebrating. Uh, it was really cool to have the championship race be in Phoenix. I've always said that just because that's pretty much the only race for the, the trucks besides Vegas where it's on the West Coast and also that's where I'm from. So um, it's either uh, Phoenix Championship weekend or, or Christmas morning is where I get to see all my family. And so it was cool to have all my family out there and, and just celebrate a, a big win. Were they all out at the racetrack watching you kind of yeah. close, close up the championship? Yeah, so they had a, a really cool uh, hospitality suite deal for for all the championship four drivers in, in each series and i think it was in three and four uh which obviously was pretty exciting coming to the checkers so uh i probably gave my parents my grandparents and um everyone that's uh helped me along the way a heart attack when uh ben had uh, had gotten to me in the final corner but um no it looked like a really cool setup they had so I was happy there. Ninety-five percent of them were uh, were out there and, and got to um, see it all go down. How late were you at the track after you won the championship? Well, I went to uh, the barn deal, um, <clears throat> which was super cool, and then and I was ready to uh, to hang out there, and then uh, I got dragged back on a golf cart to go do the media stuff, and then. Um, it was just like uh, different types of interviews on the front stretch and it was freezing cold. <laughs> and uh, I was worried that in all the interviews I'd be shivering and then, um, I don't know how late that went till. I would say a solid 1230 
one in the morning and um, I guess the, the barn right when I was done had closed. And so um, my family had an Airbnb they, uh, they got out there and we, uh, we all piled up whichever were left at the track, which was most of my team. Uh, we all piled up in the team van and, and went to the house and, and celebrated with everyone that was there and then um, pretty much celebrated all throughout the morning. After coming so close the prior two years, finishing runner-up back-to-back years, has it made you appreciate the championship a little more? Like, how does that, the last <clears throat> two years, kind of make you reflect on actually having won it? Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I think I've definitely thought about that over the past couple of days as I've let it reflect. And, um, and it, you just think about how hard it is to get to the Final Four and obviously the past couple of years how close I, I came is what was the most painful and um, and then you just rethink that whole race of man how how easy it was to let it get away from me and so I'm just so happy <laughs> we pulled it off I don't know if I could lose much more sleep from the past couple of years so um, it was it was so cool um, honestly yes we had fought a good bit of adversity at some points throughout the race, but it was such a good race for us. We qualified on pole, won both stages in, in the race. Typically that doesn't quite happen in a championship uh, race. So all in all, just a, a great night. But you had to fight back to get the lead and then ultimately win the race in the championship. So once the dust settled, did you go back and rewatch the championship race or at least the end of it like have you gone back and sat down and watched those laps yeah i had i don't know what we were watching at the house right after the race but it was like a highlight thing that kept playing all night long and um yeah i just remember watching all the restarts um and obviously the the final one which was the big one and then those final few laps and um I mean, it felt like rough how we were racing, uh, me, yeah, all of us. And um, I mean, honestly, I, I was pretty impressed with, with how everything went down and on a green-white checkered, uh, not only for the race win, but for the championship was pretty impressive with what I feel like we, we all did there. And so I'm happy I was the one that got uh, the best side of things. Yeah, I don't know what. Whenever Race Hub was on uh, this week, I want to say it was maybe Thursday or something. Um, we rewatched the whole weekend, and uh, and that was so cool to do, just to to kind of relive those moments. Okay, so where's the championship ring? Where's the trophy? Like, have you found a special spot for them? Like, have you won the ring out, or is that something that stays in the box? Well, I, I wore the, uh, the ring and it's wore out the skin on my hand. So um, I gave the ring a break. It's all in my office. I'm looking at the Phoenix Trophy right now. Um, I wanted to take the championship trophy with me, uh, but they had said that it's got to go to Nashville to get polished and um, whatnot. So I should get it at the, uh, the banquet, I assume. But um, other than that, I don't know where it's gonna go. It's a really good problem to have, but I'm kind of running out of room. And so um, I may just kind of turn my office into a time capsule here and occasionally do a Zoom call in it. <laughs> yeah, 
I love it. Um, and you're running out of room because you had a great regular season, regular season champion, in fact. So what do you think it says about you as a driver and the team in general? Because not often are drivers able to grab the regular season now that we have this format and then go on to win the season championship. So do you feel like that almost kind of solidifies yourself as the champion versus if you maybe hadn't won the regular season or vice versa? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think so. I mean, I think it goes off of obviously people pay attention to race wins and I think it was me and the 18, I want to say, and maybe the 51 with, with Kyle and them uh, that were tied for three wins throughout the year. And, um, and I was happy I, I got one more than them <laughs> in the in the final, final race. So uh, I feel like that morally people look at it that way of man how many wins did he get and then obviously people yeah go down the list and see the regular season championship and I feel like that is kind of a, a look back to the old layout how it was so I really want to get that just to show how consistent we were um, even with our DQ from the lug nut or whatever at Vegas in the second race of the year and a lot of people think we weren't going to be able to come back from that and um, and we were and so it's just been a, it's gonna be hard to match this year just with how smooth things went, just with really no torn up trucks or really no bad races. I think my worst race was Texas maybe. And that was self-inflicted of, of me trying to get more than the truck can handle. And then I think we only had really one race where it was a parts issue and, and that was Pocono, which was kind of scary because that was the regular season finale and I didn't want to throw that away, but other than that, every single race this year has been great. I uh, fortunately got one pole, which is kind of embarrassing out of all my uh, truck series career, but fortunately, I picked a good one to get it at. Coming up, we'll have more of Kim Kuhn's visit with Zane Smith. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Let's go back to Kim Kuhn as she sat down with Zane Smith, the 2022 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion. For the first time, you get to head into this offseason kind of taking a breath. You're not wondering where you'll be next year, what you're going to be doing, and you knew that all the way back in August. So how has that changed your attitude or approach to the end of the season um, and then as you look at your time off and, and just being able to kind of reflect on the last season and prepare for the next season yeah I mean I think that is one of the biggest things and uh, at the end of the day that's all thank you to, to Bob Jenkins and, and him understanding that of hey give us a direction of where I'm going to be and some security and you end up racing differently and it's just really hard to tell yourself oh it'll be all right with with how cutthroat this world is and really professional sport is and so i'm happy i proved them right but but yeah this has been the the nicest off season so far i've ever had of of not um had super early mornings of, of trying to set up a meeting or set up anything i could get a hold of to um try to find a ride and uh, it's not like that this year. and It's more of celebrating our championship and, and how great of a year we've had. And that's what's been so cool, really. And so just super thankful for, for Bob and 
really everyone at FRM, all the partners that we have and that we've grown this year has been so cool to see on, on how excited everyone is and just seeing the, the world kind of get back to normal. And with that announcement back in August, uh, it was also announced that you're going to be hopefully making your Daytona 500 debut with FRM in 2023, as well as a handful of Cup Series races. So just strictly Daytona 500. Where does that rank in terms of bucket list items for you? Yeah, I mean, pretty big just because <clears throat> I would I had obviously went there when I was a kid and, and seen it go down and that whole event is just uh, is crazy, and I've been kind of thinking on it. I, when I made my Cup debut at uh, Gateway, Gateway is an awesome racetrack, but I don't think any racetrack is on the level of uh, Daytona, and so I can't imagine how big that uh, that event is going to feel like. If I make it, I need to make it first, but um, it'll be pretty cool if I. I, I don't know who I all got to beat, but I know one of them is a seven-time champion. So honestly, <laughs> doubt by a seven-time, it's I probably would feel so terrible. Well, you kind of touched on it, Gateway. You made your impromptu debut in the Cup Series, subbing for Chris Buescher. So having been in the next-gen car and knowing that you're going to be in a handful of races in 2023, what do you think is going to be the most challenging thing for you to kind of? make that transition into balancing a full-time truck series schedule with some cup stuff and maybe even some Xfinity stuff sprinkled in. Yeah. So obviously I'm super excited for, for the truck stuff just with, it should be the same exact deal rolling into next year. And, and I feel like we have so much momentum right now that we'll be able to carry that into next year. But for the, the cup stuff, it'll be fun. I, I really, well, I had my hands full and, and practicing qualifying, but um, just because they're so much different than anything I've ever driven. I think that anyone's ever driven, but what'll make it really cool is I have my whole entire truck team. That's going to be the team on that cup car. And so, um, we'll be learning it together. I, in the race, I really enjoyed, uh, how the car raced and, um, how everything went for the most part. It was really cool to be in a, a longer race like that to experience the track changing and it opening up typically for the truck stuff. We'll be lucky if we get um, two and a half lanes maybe uh, just with the, the races only typically being 200, 250 miles. So it'll just be way different and um, it'll be cool to, to learn that together. And then the Xfinity stuff, I think we're just kind of waiting for uh, a few more things to fall in place for for this year on, on where things are going to be. And I'm not really in a, in a huge rush. I'm more than happy to do a few later in the year, but, and then along with anything else, like get my hands on the race, I'm all about it. So it sounds like you are in a really good place right now. So what are the holiday plans? You know, you talked about not having, you know, to worry about 2023. So what is on the agenda for the holiday? Whatever I want. Um, <laughs> yeah, I want to just hang out at home, but, um, Super grateful. I have a super busy and, and fun off season, but um, it won't be much of off time until January, really. Uh, I know I, I have a couple weddings uh, this off season, one being in the Bahamas. Uh, that's actually my teammates. And I'm in that wedding and I've never been in a wedding. And so um, I don't know if I need to be nervous for that or what, but 
uh, obviously our next thing is the the banquet in Nashville, which I think I've lost more sleep over making this speech than I have going into uh, Phoenix. And so <laughs> that, and then I think we're gonna gonna try to get to the Florida Keys for a little bit and, and do some fishing and just hang out and. And, um, and then back in the start of January, I want to sit on my couch and do absolutely nothing. I love it. Well, Zane, thanks for the time. So happy for you. Congratulations. And we'll see you in Nashville. Don't sweat the speech because the hard part's over. You've won the championship. Yeah, exactly. I'll do my best. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. What a talented race car driver. I'm sure he'll represent that series and this sport very well. Coming up, we'll look back on the final win for a future NASCAR Hall of Famer as well. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. To wrap up this week's show, let's flash back to 2017 NASCAR Hall of Famer Matt Kenseth's final Cup Series win. It happened five years ago at the Phoenix Raceway. That allows Truex to close in as Kenseth leads with two laps to go. Truex looks to the inside of Chase Elliott trying to take that second spot away. Falls back in the line as they battle for second and third. Eric Jones slowly closing in from fourth. Now no offense for Chase Elliott right now. It's all defense and doing everything he can to stave off Martin Truex Jr. Kenseth, meanwhile, gets around the lap machine of David Starr. And here goes Truex for second. Credit one bank, one to go. White flag flies at the start-finish line. What could be one of the most emotional wins of his career. Matt Kenseth in turn number one. Talking about Matt Kenseth in turn number one. Off turn two for the final time. Has ten car lengths between himself and the side-by-side battle for second. No lap traffic to deal with in front and the mirror is getting smaller with regards to the battle behind him. Matt Kenseth hits his marks in turns three and four and sets sail for the front stretch. Matt Kenseth becomes the spoiler today in the Arizona desert. He will win the Can-Am 500. Welcome back to Gatorade Victory Lane, Matt Kenseth has been 51 races. Your thoughts, your emotions back in Victory Lane. Yeah, it's really not describable. Um, with only two left, I didn't think we were probably had a good chance of getting back to Victory Lane. It's been, uh, I don't know how many races somebody's probably going to tell me tonight, but it's been at least 50 or 60. So uh, it's been a long time. We've had a lot of close ones. Just felt like it was never meant to be, and uh, today it was meant to be. You told me before the race you thought it might have been a third to sixth place car. What happened throughout the race and what made the difference and enabled you to chase down Chase and get back around him? Well, and uh, we kept doing them cycles and short runs, and uh, we were a little too tight all day, but we were really pretty happy with it. And when we got in front, we were just too loose, and I uh, got loose on that restart, and uh, Chase got by me. And then as soon as he got by me, it actually made my car better. And I saw him getting loose and starting to slip, so I knew we were going to have a heck of a race. Given the circumstances, how much sweeter is this win? It couldn't be any sweeter. Um, I, I just don't know how else to explain it. You know, you always feel like you can get the job done, but, you know, if you got a big enough sample size of numbers, numbers don't really lie. So we needed to go out and get the job done and uh, get us a win, and we're able to do that today. So uh, we've got one more race left, and uh, like I said, great way to go out. What an emotional victory it was for Matt Kenseth, knowing that his ride was up at the end of that racing season. Folks, that's going to wrap the show up for this week. We'd like to thank Joey Logano for joining us. Also, our thanks to Paul Wolf and Zane Smith. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for joining us as well. And we'll chat with you on NASCAR Live wide open on Thursday and right back here on NASCAR Live next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. 
and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was directed by Trey Downey and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com.